Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so that you have the courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado, and today we'll examine how being in your panic zone is damaging to your relationship. This week's date night discussion will remind you and your sweetheart how great it is to have each other when you're both in your comfort zone, and I'll give you a habit that will lessen panic zone shrapnel for your relationship. Who do you treat the worst when you've had a tough day? If you're like the bulk of human beings, I know the person you treat the worst is the person you love the most. But what if I told you that that's romantic? It's because your sweetheart makes you comfortable. And when you're comfortable, you let go of all those filters that keep you polite. Acting badly with your favorite person means that you feel safe. But... What happens over time? If you keep making withdrawals out of your relationship, well, it empties. And your treasured relationship becomes this cracked desert landscape. This is the reason to create habits. So you can keep your relationship well filled up. Which sounds better, spending forever with a panicked sweetheart? Or, or a comfortable sweetheart. <laughs> Pretty obvious, right? So today we're going to specifically address the idea of your panic zone and your comfort zone. You know what I mean by your panic zone? I mean that place where there are absolutely too many balls in the air. And even though every ball that's in the air is precious to you, you're still dropping some. So take a moment to remember a time when you've been in panic zone. Where do you feel it in your body? In my body, I get sort of spinning and dizzy and frenetic. I have a super short attention span, and I have absolutely no tolerance for anyone who's slowing me down. My husband is different. When he's panicked, he gets kind of spacey. He just kind of disappears by leaving the house or even by falling asleep. He doesn't interact whereas I'm hyper-interactive. So how about you? Now, do the same with your comfort zone, that luxurious place where everything is right with the world and the toughest stress you're facing is whether to put half and half in your coffee or to spring for the whipped cream. (laughs) When I'm in my comfort zone, it's easy for me to go with the flow. And my husband, when he's in his comfort zone, he is rock solid, steady, and reliable. So picture a glorious moment when you're in your comfort zone. Where do you feel that in your body? How is it different than where you feel that panic feeling? Now, look at yourself as if you're watching a movie of your life and you're on a split screen. Half of your, half the screen is your panicked self and half the screen is your comfortable self. And then ask the question, which person would you rather be married to? I know, it's obvious. 
But life is filled with unexpected bills, catastrophic crashes, running out of peanut butter, for goodness sake. All these unpredictable life events have the power to drag us into the panic zone. And the purpose of today's episode is to identify what you look like. How do you treat your sweetheart when you're deep in that panic zone? And how can you keep your relationship safe during those times when you don't feel safe? Here's a quick story to illustrate. When my husband was in medical school, we had two little kids at home. My mother and brother had died, and I was shoved into my panic zone. Life felt fragile to me, understandably, right? So I started controlling everything I possibly could. I organized drawers, and it upset me when my husband put a spoon in the wrong place. I organized his time, and I reminded him about approaching deadlines a few too many times. This penchant to organize and control didn't feel so good to my husband, who was, given the stress of his schooling, he was also in his panic zone. And true to his nature, he disengaged. He escaped as thoroughly as he could by climbing mountains or falling into deep, sleepy naps. But at the time, we didn't understand that these were our opposite ways of dealing with stress. I blamed him for being selfish, and he blamed me for micromanaging. You can imagine that this caused deep wounds in our relationship. I began to see my husband as the guy I couldn't count on, and I found evidence all throughout our marriage of ways he'd abandoned me when life was rough. He saw me as the woman he could never please. He felt like no matter how hard he tried in our marriage, he couldn't make me happy. I'd always raise the bar. Don't let your relationship be defined by your worst moments when you're in the panic zone. You'll create a template for you and your sweetheart and see the worst in them the majority of the time. Instead, today's invitation is for you to cultivate compassion for your sweetheart because it stinks to be in your panic zone, right? When I began to understand that my husband escapes when he's feeling panicked, I could say to him, looks like you're overwhelmed, Dave. Why don't you go outside and take a run? I didn't need to take his escaping personally. I just saw it as his coping strategy. And last year when my dad died and a mere two weeks later I was hosting a family reunion, my husband was super compassionate with my need to control things when I feel out of control inside and I'm panicked. Everyone else at the reunion was worried about me doing too much and not letting others help. But when they checked in with my husband, he'd let them know that controlling the details was just my coping strategy. Instead of seeing me as a control witch, my husband saw me as a person who knows how to give myself what I need to find my way back to that comfort zone. I felt him look at me differently when I saw that the spoons were in the wrong place. And he'd laugh. And then he'd hug me. And he'd say, gosh, it's so hard that you can't control what happens when other people empty the dishwasher. But his laughter and his tender hug felt like he was saying, I know you miss your dad. We learned how to give each other space to handle 
stress differently. Do you know someone whose relationship is suffering because of stress right now? Maybe they're so deep in that panic zone that they can't see how what they're doing is an attempt to manage the pain they're feeling. I'd appreciate it if you'd send them a link to this podcast episode. This week's date night discussion is designed to calm your brain before you attempt this week's habit of finding strategies to manage your panic zone behavior. I'm very intentional about this invitation to have a discussion about comfort and comfortable times and comfort zones before you go investigating your panic zone behavior. Why? Because when you recall times you've been comfortable, your brain gets washed with these gentle chemicals. Even pondering panic moments can get your brain into a space of fight or flight. So this intentional calming is a strategy when it comes to creating habits. You want to create them from a place of resourcefulness, not desperation. And in order to access that resourceful part of your brain and heart, You want to ponder all the times you and your sweetheart have been comfortable together. When you and your sweetheart talk about all the ways you relate well in your comfort zone, you feel connected, you appreciate each other, and that allows you to be more generous. So here comes the questions for this week. Recall a favorite time when you and your sweetheart felt comfortable and at ease. How do you treat each other? Specifically, how do you treat your sweetheart? What do you notice about the way your sweetheart treats you when they are comfortable? And as you're remembering these moments, remember specifically how it feels in your body. Where do you notice your relaxation? Where does it, does it bubble, feel bubbly and excited? Does it feel like a bubbly, excited feeling in your tummy? Or is it more like a calm warmth on your skin? How does the comfort of your sweetheart feel to you? So use these questions to calm your system so you can approach this week's habit for your happily ever after with gentleness and compassion rather than accusation and blame. This week's habit is to recognize your panic zone response and to give your sweetheart a strategy that would comfort you. So remember a time when you felt that deep panic, but instead of feeling it in your body, just watch the moment unfold on a big pretend movie screen on your wall. Watch how you behave. How do you treat people, specifically your sweetheart? Are you more likely to fight, fly away, or freeze up? Remember how I got controlling, but my husband disappeared? We all act differently when we're in a stressful situation. If you get embarrassed or you feel ashamed, shake that off. You're in investigation mode. This is not a time for regret. You don't need to apologize in this moment. Right now, 
as you continue to notice yourself in panic mode, fill your heart with compassion for your past self and imagine what might have helped you to relax or to feel comforted in that moment. For me, I needed to not feel alone. I needed to feel like I had help. But it's interesting to me, as I watch my own movie on the screen, how difficult it was for my husband to actually help me. I was so stony, so determined to capture control, that I couldn't feel when he was reaching out to me. If he didn't do it perfectly, I pushed him away. And he was so terrified of upsetting me that he was paralyzed. So of course he couldn't do it perfectly. Seeing this movie of my life play out on the screen helped me to see why David felt incapable of making me feel happy. I could see the scene from his point of view. I could see why he felt stuck. And I could see why I felt lonely. And that tiny realization made me soften my stony controlling. Softening is the point of this exercise. When you panic, you exit your body so you can't feel comforted. During this exercise, allow yourself to notice how you turn off to comfort and imagine what would help to thaw that freeze response you have. You're welcome to tell your sweetheart about this strategy to help you emerge from a panic response. But more important than telling your sweetheart, imagine times when your sweetheart attempted a similar response and you rejected their response. Because we've all done it. And we'll all probably do it again. So the point of this week's habit is just to become aware of how you reject comfort. If you truly notice your own rejection of comfort, it will be more difficult to reject it the next time because you're on to yourself, right? I saw on the big screen watching myself turn icy and turn away from my husband's comforting gesture to assist me. The first time I saw that happen, I buried the thought quickly and returned (laughs) to my stony self. I have to have control after all. But over time... As I saw myself reject his help again and again, I wondered what would happen if I accepted his help. And this made me feel so vulnerable. But then I said, Dave, I do want your help. And I'm scared. Isn't that silly? And then he made me laugh. I don't even remember what he did, but that's his way of diffusing my tendency to focus on the problem instead of focusing on the happiness that he brings. I would love to know what your panic response is, and I'd also like to know what might bring you comfort when you're panicked. Please text me at 970-210-4480 and write, My panic response is, and then tell me about you, because I love to be included in your relationship. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive 
support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today. <laughs>